In Florida, police have identified the victims of a racist shooting in Jacksonville over the weekend. Officials say a white gunman killed two shoppers and an employee at a Dollar General store Saturday as a part of a premeditated attack on black people. Manuel Bajorquez. You woke. Time to get up. Welcome to the Thought Your Woke No Speed Limit Podcast. I'm your host, Alvin. I am back from vacation, and I've been on a, a short break trying to get my head together and do some things. So today, I've decided to change focus a little bit. And I know what this is a sad story, but I want to focus on another part of it, okay? So let's talk about the Dollar General sh- shooting. Let me give you a little background on the Dollar General shooting in Jacksonville. Uh, the shooter's name is Ryan Palmer, Paul and I will not mention his name hereafter. He traveled from Clay County to Jacksonville and stopped at Edward Waters University where he put on his flag jacket or bulletproof vest uh, and other equipment. A student there spotted him and called the campus police. Campus police came to confront the shooter. And unfortunately, at that time, the shooter jumped back in his car and left, so the police were not able to apprehend him or, or take him in. He then proceeded to the Gen- Dollar General store down the street, where he shot Michelle Carr, 52, in the car. He unleashed 11 bullets on the car, from what I understand. He then entered the store where he killed Gerald Gallion and A.J. Laguerre. Both of these are young men. One's 29, one's 19. Uh, it was a sad event, and yes... It was racially motivated because all three of the uh, victims were black. Uh, Paul Meter, who killed himself later, uh, had also written a suicide letter to his parents where he said he was going to kill black people. I can talk about this in all way, the best way to put it. Because this is the second motivated shooting of black people uh, on a mass scale in just in a few years. And we know we've had several. Uh, you know, we had the one in South Carolina as well. And there have been other shootings that aren't mentioned in the news that are racially motivated. And we remember the big shooting down in El Paso, Texas, where the gunman entered a Walmart and killed several people within in that Walmart. Um, what I want to talk about, and I will not mention politicians' names today. I won't try to. It will be somewhat political because I, I have to make this statement. I'm going to start here. Let's say you live in a house. And that house has, you know, it's been around for a while. It starts having maintenance issues. You say the plumbing's going bad. Okay, well, you're having plumbing problems. Uh, you kind of like, okay, well, I'll try to uh, fix that. Uh, fix that. Then all of a sudden, the air conditioner goes on the fritz. Well, maybe I'll get that fixed later. I can't worry about that right now. I'm still trying to just keep living. Uh, uh, well, the roof starts to leak. Oh, well, there's a leak in the roof. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden... You find yourself in a place where all of these things are happening at once and you got to pay these bills to try to get that together. It becomes a stress. Everything is falling apart. I want to say this about America. We got to a point where we silenced everything. The civil rights movement happened in the 50s, 60s, early 70s. Um, and after that, we kind of went into this windfall of small things. Sure, we still had activists who had marches and things like this, but marches became more symbolic. They became events. They became just that, marches. They weren't protests. They marked events of the past that happened. Oh, that doesn't happen anymore. 
tensions boiled over again several times. There have been riots in cities, and um, if we, one incident I remember as a child was Rodney King was turned into the L.A. riots when the police beat that man in the middle of the street, called them all kind of racial names after they got through doing what they were doing. Then we remember how that just sort of died off to the side. Then came a new, new, new surge when Trayvon Martin died, when he was killed by uh, a neighborhood watch person, and that person later was not convicted. Now we can talk about that side of it, but we got to talk about the other side too. For so long, people have gotten this idea that it's okay just to shove it in the background. Let's not talk about it. Let's not do anything about it. Let's just, you know, try to be friends. You're my neighbor. I'm your neighbor. I don't care if you're black, white, Latino, uh, Asian. You're my neighbor. We'll just be neighborly and lovely. Meanwhile, when you go in your house, you're saying little things and doing little things. You say, well, that's why there's so much black on black crime. That's why we got too many people coming across the border. You keep that in yourself, but when you get in someone's face, you're not that person. Now, I do live in a bold world where people will come out to you and say something to you, but they won't say anything to that person or that person. They'll eat the, they'll go to a Mexican restaurant, love the food, but say they want to put a wall up. That's the world we live in. The problem is we live in a world where people lived up with bottled up aggression. So it boils over to Black Lives Matter protests, which at night turned into riots. It's questionable who was involved in those riots because it wasn't necessarily Black Lives Matter people because the Black Lives people came in the morning to march and to protest peacefully. They were, in, they were encountered by police with guns and tear gas. Sometimes unnecessarily, unnecessary violence happened in those situations because the stress was overflowing. Then came uh, the Capitol riot. The other side's now stressed out, overblown. Their fear and their anger has risen to the top of the level. So here they are fighting. Let's not forget Charlottesville that happened before that. Where tensions overboiled in the street and a young lady lost her life when a man decided to run her over. One of the, one of the gentlemen that was involved with one of the groups that was there. Let's not remember that that happened. The problem is we got to a point where we bottled up our aggression. And eventually, it's like when you shake a bottle of Coke, and eventually that bottle wants to explode. You throw in the Mentos in there, and you sit it there, and then boom, the top pops off, and it explodes. And it explodes in many different ways. Black Lives Matter. Capital riots. We didn't sit down and talk. We didn't sit down and find a solution. Because guess what? We all live in America. We're all people together on this continent. We're all people who have to live together. Meanwhile, I'm looking at this picture here, and there's three dead people. There was eight dead people in Buffalo. There was eight dead people at that church in South, in South Carolina. There were 20 to 19 people who died in that Walmart in El Paso. There are many other shootings that happened around the America, there are hate-motivated. It may not be racial hate. It may be political hate. It may be some other hate that is motivated by what's tensed inside of us. It is, it is the ultimate destruction of who we are, of what's going on in the United States right now. What I see, what I see in us you know, we go to church on Sunday and we try to love each other. We talk about love and love and love. Even that has gone overboard because we've taken our fears, our hate, 
our stresses and put them all in the church. And so now it's boiling over. We don't like gay people. Too many people of different uh, We don't like Muslim people. We don't like these Jewish people. We don't like this. We don't like that. We've been doing that for decades and centuries. And it ain't just about the color of our skin because the same fear boils over in every community. There's an inferiority complex in us that we fear that everybody else is trying to overpower us. Like, we're not powerful enough. We're not powerful enough to, to be in our space. We can't have anyone else in our space without feeling like it's taking power away from us. I was listening to a discussion one day in a barbershop, and it was all black men. And they said, and, and I understand this shooting was a, 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 white, a white man killing black men. But we had something that, that bothered me that day. He said, these immigrants are coming in, and they're taking over, and they're taking our jobs. I go to a white space, sitting around a bunch of white people, and they said the same things. These immigrants are coming to take our jobs. These black people, they're killing each other on the streets. That's why we got to carry our guns, protect ourselves. These black people ain't coming to your neighborhood to kill you. They're killing each other in their own neighborhoods because... Because of the same anger and tension that's in you. They're worried about their jobs. They're worried about where they can live. They're worried about having enough to eat. They're worried about those things. Mexicans are coming here looking for jobs. For black people, there's jobs here. and You're, you're still getting a job. We, we actually got help wanted signs all over town, town for jobs that aren't filled because there aren't enough people to fill those jobs. White people the same way. Companies are deciding now that they're going to put up uh, automated cash machines, not because there's not enough people to work, because they want to make more money and take people out of jobs. That's going to increase more attention. See, people are not talking about these things the way they need to talk about this. They're not talking to try to have a solution because people matter. It doesn't matter how many of those automated machines go up there. If everybody's out of work, then nobody's buying anything from your store. If people aren't getting the proper education, they can't be the people who come and maintain those machines. All these things are important because they build tension. So then we get to a situation like this, and we see that there was a problem from the get-go because the young man who was the shooter had a mental problem when he was a child. His father had to call the police to get him then because he was going to jump off a bridge. Now we get to a point where this man has gotten a gun in his hand. He's ha he has a history of mental illness. He sends the same letter to his father saying, I'm going to kill myself, but I'm going to kill these black people because they're causing my problem. Now he's the extreme. But that boiled over into tension. They ended up in booze at, at a speech and, and, and anger on, on, online and, and, and politicians saying things like, oh, well, we need to stop paying attention to race. Uh, look at what's happening in Chicago and all these other places. And I almost just did it, but I was trying to do it in context of this whole story. In your back rooms, you're saying one thing, then getting in the face of other people and, and smiling and saying something else. Oh, I wish you wouldn't talk about it. Your job tells you we can't have these conversations. Why? Because it's going to disturb the flow of our money. It may cause us to get a lawsuit. They're worried, everybody's worried about all of these things and not worried about solving the problem. Of course, God is the problem solver. Prayer comes first. 
But prayer is only part of the work. Faith without work is dead. So once you've gotten the faith that you believe that God's going to do it, we have to do the work. Because we know that the end process is, is, is a resolution. We have to put in the work. So that shootings like this at Jolly Journal doesn't happen. So that we're making sure kids are getting education. We're not going to be scared of our history. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to rewrite books to tell lies to make our history sound better, so make people feel better, yet that tension will be in the room because people know there's something wrong. We're going to tell the truth. In America, we're so scared of the truth. We think we know what the truth is. We keep telling lies and more lies and building the lies on top of lies. And this is what built America and made it great. No. Tell what really made America what it is and what really makes it great and how it got here. And that sometimes the process wasn't very pretty at all. And don't be scared to say who did it. Don't be scared scared how they did it. Don't be scared of that. Because if we don't fit, do that, we can't go forward and move forward to fix the process. Yeah, today I avoided talking about things. But I'm telling you, race is a problem in this country. White supremacy is a problem in this country. White nationalism is a problem in this country. Christian, quote-unquote, Christian nationalism is a problem in this country. Because Christianity shouldn't be about bigotry. shouldn't be about patriotism. Because that, none of that goes together with what God has ordained. Remember, God said that Abraham would be the father of many nations. The father of many nations, all of them branch off from the same. So that means we are brothers. We have built this nation on the notion that it was built from God when there's only one kingdom in heaven that we should be living the rules of. Our selfish ways, our foolish ways, leads us to hate other people because it's all about us, about yourself. I watch how we drive every day. People cut each other off in traffic. People run stop signs and traffic lights. People get angry and shoot birds at people. For what? Then when we get in a discussion about race, it becomes, oh, I'm colorblind, I don't see color. But what you're doing is talking at me and not listening to what I'm saying. I'm not calling you racist. I'm saying that there's racism in the world. No, 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 no. I only, I, I judge you by the content of your character. That's what I do. No, no, no. Let's not talk about race. Let's, let's just remember, I judge you by the content. It's not about you. It's about other things. When people say it's institutional racism, they're not saying you're an institutional racist. They're saying there's institutional racism. It affects not only black people, but you too. It's institutional classism as well. We live in that society. We live in that world. We have to have both private and governmental solutions to the problems that we have in this country because it can't just come from one place. We also have to have a spiritual awakening in our souls that tell us, hey, stop. I understand we have a sinful nature and a, a self-preserving nature. But sometimes we have to look into ourselves and say, didn't God tell you to love others as you love yourself? 
as you love God. We think we can present God with this thing where we went and punished everybody else and didn't look in our own souls and see what was wrong with us. We have to be careful about that. We have to be very, very careful about what we are creating in this society. Like I said, a house falling apart eventually caves in. So you're in this house. You got plumbing problems. You got uh, uh, you got the roof leaking. You got the air conditioning going out. Eventually the lights go out. You start hearing, feeling the, 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 the walls creak. Next thing you know, that house is crumbled to the ground because in the process you did not do the maintenance nor the work to fix it. We keep hearing people talk about our democracy is a threat. It always is a threat when we decide that the only thing we can do is be divisive. Social media, we talk about it all the time. Some people have lost their best friends because I didn't know they felt that way because you weren't listening. I didn't know you thought this way because you weren't listening. That's our problem. We don't listen. First, we got to listen. Then we, in order to fix it, say, brother... This is how I feel about this. How can we work this out? If we can't, maybe we do need to separate. Maybe we need to move on. Instead, we build up tension until it gets to a point where it boils and the house is starting to fall down. Like I said, I wasn't going to mention the name of candidates, but you wouldn't have the presidential candidates you have. You wouldn't have the problems you have. If you hadn't been so busy just saying, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to pay attention to this. If you hadn't done the right thing. This young man would have not entered Dollar General if we had the proper system set up to help the mentally ill, especially those who could endanger others. We don't have the proper system set up in this country for mental illness. This is the second shooter who has had of the... The four that I, I, I mentioned, this is the second one that said they had a prior incident. And now then they had their hands put on guns and were allowed in. And, you know, when we talk about mass shootings, that's the MO of most of the mass shooters. They have mental illness. Someone even in their family may have purchased them guns talking about this will help their mental illness. A gun is not going to help your mental illness. It only contributes to a, a greater problem that it will cause later. If that person has demonstrated harmful behavior, you're putting something in their hands that's even more harmful. That makes no sense. We have got to demonstrate to ourselves that we can do better in how we think and how we flow and how we move and what we, we do in these situations. We have got to change something. We can't keep doing the same old thing. We can't just say, well, that's our tradition, and that's how it's going to be. That's our freedom. That's how it's going to be. Freedom ain't free, but at the same time, freedom is available for free. If everyone realizes where freedom came from and who paid the price, we wouldn't always have to worry about paying the price again or having to have some instrument to keep our freedom. Well, folks, I've been talking for a long time, and, and, and I hope you get an understanding of what I'm saying here. We have to work together for a solution. we got to stop being quiet. When we have the opportunity to speak, we have not done it. 
We've had teachers that silence students say, I want to talk about this subject. No, we can't do that here in this classroom. We got to stop doing that. We got to bring peace to the table. We got to bring peace to the table. Hey, folks, thank you for watching today's show. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, and share with your friends. Peace. You have been listening to Thought You're Awoke No Speed Limit Podcast.